Welcome to the Ambitious Introvert Podcast, created especially for introverts, empaths, and highly sensitive entrepreneurs to help you build, grow, and scale a successful, sustainable business. I'm your host, Emma Louise Parks, business and mindset coach for ambitious introverts. After 17 years working as an air traffic controller, the ultimate fast-paced, high-stimulus, extrovert-friendly role, my mission now is to show introverts that they too can create big results and success because of who they are, not in spite of it. I focus on introvert-friendly business and marketing strategy to help you switch overwhelm for clarity, confidence, and clients. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Ambitious Introvert Podcast. I'm Emma Louise and today I'm chatting with the lovely Brittany Herzberg all about SEO. Now I have touched on this in previous episodes. Search engine optimization is definitely not in my zone of genius. It's not something that I have purposefully implemented in my business yet, though I will. But I have seen people have phenomenal results and I really think it is one of the most introvert friendly ways of marketing our business if we are creating a business that is here for the long haul. So Brittany and I were connected because we are both friends with Megan Yelaney, who's been on the podcast previously. She obviously understood the concept of the show. Brittany's a friend of hers, is a huge introvert. She knew that the topic would be great. So it was really nice to connect with Brittany and chat and hear just why SEO is such an important part of our copywriting. Also, we chat quite a bit about case studies, which is something else that Brittany's really, really passionate about. I have implemented some case studies already in the business. It is something that I'm looking to do more in the future. I know that I love to read case studies because, you know, depth obviously. And testimonials are all well and good. But when people really write a compelling case study and I can see the journey that the client has been on to me, that is, I'm sucked in. I'm there. I'm reading it to the end. So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation with Brittany as much as I enjoy having it. Unfortunately, we did have some internet issues during the recording. It was a day that my broadband provider was having a little bit of a nightmare and it cut out quite a few times. You will probably not notice this because Brittany was the consummate professional and my editor Phil is also amazingly talented. So hopefully it is a seamless listen. But if it does sound a little bit out of sorts, that is why, because we ended up getting chopped up into about three different recording blocks to get the one episode. So again, I hope you enjoy this. I hope that this piques your interest in SEO and makes you consider it as something that could really help you market your business in an introvert-friendly way in the future. I can't believe you are the first guest on this podcast, which is almost three years old, talking about SEO. This is insane. (laughs) But thank you, because this is an important topic. And as we were saying just before we hit record, I did a masterclass quite a few months ago now about social free startup. You were talking about some market research you've done and Mm -hmm. social is not the only way to build a business, despite what so many people think. (laughs) This is so true. So for anyone that's like, okay, enough with the acronyms, SEO, break it down for us, please. 
properly. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And you were mentioning some pop quiz questions at the end. And I ask, I have a podcast and I ask all of our guests, like, how do you define SEO or what do you think of when you think of SEO? My answer for that is it's how you show up as the answer to a Googled question. So someone is on one side of the computer screen, typing away into the search bar, hitting enter, reviewing the you know results that come up. And we want them to click on you. We want you to be their answer that they've been looking for. I love that. You see, if I Google myself, I come up, but then I realize that people won't be Googling my name necessarily. Right. And I made this mistake early on. I had an Instagram marketing course for massage therapists. I promise we'll make this make sense. But I had this course and I titled it Be Social. No one on planet Earth other than me is typing in Be Social. They were looking for an Instagram marketing course for massage therapists. So, you know, that was part of my foray into the, oops, I've been doing that and that impacts my SEO. Okay. (laughs) It's like the podcast titles. I have to think about them because I want them to be compelling, like people want to listen. I want them to be clear so people understand what we're talking about. I want them to sound like something I would say, Mm -hmm. but I want them to be SEO compliant and friendly as well. And it's quite the balance sometimes to try and get the keywords in, but not make it too verbose or long. And it's just crazy. It's very challenging. Yeah. My boyfriend and editor and publishing coach, and we just rewrote his website copy. And when we were looking at the headlines, because on every website page, you have one H1. If you go to a website, it's a big text at the top, typically. And there can only be one per page. And it pulls a lot of weight when it comes to your SEO strategy. Google weights it and all these other search engines like being weighted very heavily when they're trying to match you with, you know, someone who's doing a search. So it's a, it's a combination of everything you just said. How do I make this compelling and, you know, entice someone to read? How do I insert keywords? How do I give it, you know, some kind of context so that they do read? It's really challenging. So when people are ever talking about writing website copy, I'm like, yeah, it's not super simple, but there is a plan. There is a strategy. So like you take a deep breath and we got this. When I had my website redone a few months ago, I said to the designer, because we have a a very nice font. It's a very nice serif font. And it looks great as it is, but it looks great italicized. And Mm. it looks really great if the odd word is italicized. So Mm -hmm. I said to her, oh, could you just make this one in italics? And she went, no, because it will ruin your SEO because you'll literally have like half a sentence. And then I would have to put in a different text box and then you'd have another half of a sentence. Although we did figure out a workaround on show it. But I didn't even think about it until that time. But she's like, no, we don't want to break up the words because Google's not going to understand it. Right. Yeah, it won't. And and that one of my other kind of like pet peeve things that one of my clients actually has done, and I won't name names, But they took the copy that I wrote and put it onto essentially Canva graphics. And then their whole website, the whole webpage that I wrote copy for, yeah, your face is exactly what my face was, which was like, oh no, please don't do that. But they had copy on these pictures just like stacked on the website. And I was like, okay, it's your choice. It's your website. It's your fate. But I want you to know that you're making this choice and this is what's happening. And so, you know, maybe make a better choice. It's your fate. <laughs> it is that. though. Yeah, it's, it's you know, this might be your destiny, but I just want you to know the exit that you're taking here. <laughs> I had someone reach out earlier this year and book a call with me 
and I'd never heard of them. We weren't connected on socials. And it turned out that they had typed into Google coach for procrastination. And I came up, which is really interesting because that's not something that is in my messaging. All I can think is it was a podcast episode and it was a transcript or something from the show notes. But either way, this person landed on the website and liked what they saw. So looked around and and booked a call. But I was really quite shocked when he said, oh, I found you on Google. I was like, oh, it's working. (laughs) It is working. It shocks people all the time. And, you know, I mentioned this, but at the very beginning of my dabbling in SEO, I figured out. So my first business was a massage practice. Now I do SEO and case study copywriting. So I, it was a, it was a very big switch, but when I was going in and learning more about SEO and looking at how my website was performing and what was happening, I was noticing that I was showing up for, I think one of the top searches was couples massage. Um, and I did couples massage workshops. And then the other was massage music or massage therapy playlist or something like that. And I had one playlist that I had made a couple of years before on Spotify and linked in some blog post on my website. But point being, I didn't know what Google was taking, what the search engines were taking as me saying, hey, this is my SEO strategy. I had no idea. So once I started learning that, it's like, oh, okay, do I want to put my time and attention and energy there behind these keywords and key phrases? Or do I want to you know, switch gears a little bit? So it was very eye-opening. I think most people think of web copy as a bit like we said, like it's going to be compelling and we want it to convey what we do and speak to our ideal client. We want it to sound like us in our brand voice and all those things. But mm-hmm. that in and of itself, like you say, is nice if people are just landing on your website other ways. But if we really want to be seen by the search engines, which ultimately is the plan, how can we go about it from, let's just say someone's like listening to this and they go, oh, I've never even thought about this. <laughs> What's the first thing they're going to do when they get get to their website to start you know, performing surgery? Yeah, <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a perfect way to say it. Firstly, I was there too. And so there's hope for you. Also, I haven't really touched my website a whole great deal. I focus mostly with clients. So like, it's okay. One thing I love letting people know is that it's never too early or too late to start with SEO. So now is the perfect time. You're listening. I'll give you a couple of things that you could start with. The first thing is going to be just really what is your intention? If you can nail down your intention, it'll help you with your messaging. It'll help you with your SEO strategy, whether you know it or not. And being clear with that intention, with that messaging is a whole other part of it. So if you can figure out like, who am I? (laughs) How do I help people? Who do I want to help? How do I want to help them? What do I want to be known for? Those are some really key questions just to start with. That that's, you know, something that I ask my clients when they come in for an SEO audit or an SEO packet. Like those are the questions, that's the meat of it that I want to know. So just jot that down. Step two is going to be, okay, put your, you know, client hat on, your student hat on. When they go and type something in the search bar, where are they at? What's going on with them? What might they be searching for given the things that you want to show up for, given like how you help people? And that will just start, you know, ideas will start pouring out. I will say set a timer because it is very easy to go down a rabbit hole of keywords and key phrases and it's probably not the best (laughs) way to spend your time. So yeah, set your timer for like, I don't know, 30 to 45 minutes. And within that time, people will be able to gather enough data that it's going to be able to make a difference. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, my favorite tool to use actually for keyword research and key phrase research is Google. Just look at the page, the results page and start analyzing that. Is it showing up in front of the right people? Good example for that with, you know, let's take that massage course that I had. If a client was Googling, they were going to be Googling something where it was like very clear that they want to go find a massage therapist. They want to book a massage. That is my client. My peer would be looking for that massage marketing class. They're going to be typing something very different in. So as you type in these fake searches, these test searches with the keywords and the key phrases, you'll notice like, okay, who is this really geared for? Is this geared for a peer? Is this geared for a client? And that'll just, yeah, that'll help you tons. That's so useful. I've said to clients quite often when they are, you know, if they're writing their own content or naming a program or something like that, I said, what would the client that's going to buy this, what would they type into Google? Because so often I think, especially as coaches and healers and people more in that space, we get into coach speak and we want to say, Oh, I do NLP or I heal your ancestral wounds or, but people aren't generally type <laughs> searching for those things. It's like, what is the NLP or the healing of the ancestral wounds going to solve for them? Or what's it going to create in their life that they're looking for right now? So I think that we, they can go down the rabbit hole of trying to get very detailed into the specifics of what they do rather than getting into that frame of mind of what's the client struggling with and what would they Google if they were trying to fix it? Yeah. And there's, so there's two things that just popped to mind. The first is that when I'm writing, you know, back to that H1, that headline example, when I'm doing, especially like SEO copywriting for clients or even for myself, when, when I do it, <laughs> I love really putting the headlines in one of two categories. I'm either going to write something that speaks to where they're at right now, which you, your listeners might've heard as What's your pain? What's your problem? What's your struggle? Things like that. So where are they at right now? And then the other one is what is their desire? Where do they want to go? What transformation do they want? What's their after look like? So really, if you can identify either one of those, and you'll know best what works for your people, when you can identify either one of those, that's a great way to structure or at least like a good road to start down with your your headline ideas. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is that when you're thinking of what copy to write and what to include in headlines and buttons and literally anything, I love, and this is part of how I started segueing into social proof, I love taking your client's words and highlighting that. What are they actually saying? How are they describing it? What pictures are they painting? And if you don't know, they will tell you. So there's another benefit of the fact that I have testimonials on my website that are Mm -hmm. literally word for word what my client has written. Exactly. And I had someone just recently ask me about like, okay, what if I have images like screenshots? I'm a huge screenshot taker and user on sales pages on my website in social proof, you know, social media posts, anything like that. You can use them as well. And, but, and when you post them, it's a really good idea to retitle the image, the screenshot image, before you put it wherever it's going to go, blog post, sales page, whatever. And there's a few different things to point out there. You write it, like I'll say it out loud. So if I have an image title that is going to be on my about page, it might say Brittany-Hersberg-SEO copywriter, SEO-copywriter. <laughs> so you want to have the dashes. That's the only punctuation that the image titles really like to have. But if you're, you know, putting in a client testimonial, you can for sure take one line that they say 
and add it in as dashes or take like a meaty part of what they're saying and add it in as dashes. So there's all kinds of things that you can do. But if you have the copy on your website, that's amazing. And yes, the search engines will take that and they'll add that to their little brain and be like, oh, okay, this kind of thing. We need to pump this out in this result. So I do want to move on to social proof and case studies, but you've just lit a question up in my brain. Oh, did I? I have a dash in my name. So does that mean that for SEO, it doesn't read my name? Does it read me as two names? I would think it would be fine, but that's interesting. I haven't had that question before. I will have to do some research. This is interesting. Interesting, because I would be Emma-Louise. But I think it would be fine because even like if I'm writing my name, I don't have a dash in my name. It's just Brittany Dash Herzberg. So you wouldn't need to add a dash. It would just already be there. It should still read you as your, this is interesting. Yeah. Or would it read me as Emma and Louise? Does it think only if you me? would say, only if you would <laughs> say Emma dash and dash Louise? Yeah. So I wouldn't advise doing that. <laughs> I'm good to scratch it. I'm glad this got so meta. Thank you. <laughs> Happy to oblige. But sharing that. With <laughs> case studies, because it, I, you know, I wanted to talk to you about both of these things. Obviously, you do both of these things and they're both incredibly useful. And I have case studies in my own business because I love to read a case study. If I'm honest, I re- I love a testimonial, don't get me wrong. But a case study, it's like I'm getting a cup of tea and mm-hmm. I'm getting into the nitty gritty and seeing what happens. No two case studies are the same. No, they're not. And, you know, if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, why? It's because you get the full story. The way that, and I don't know if this is how you like to read them as well, but I was noticing when I first started writing case studies, I would go out and look for examples. They were so dry. They were so data-driven. They bored me to tears. And I was just like, all right, what are the headlines? What do I actually need to know here? And I was clicking away in under a minute, if that. So I wanted to, when I started writing them, I really wanted to base my case studies in SEO. So having the keywords, having like a real focus. And also I get to weave in story. I felt like it was so important to share the entire journey of the client, of the student, whoever we were featuring. One of my favorite things to say is that client testimonials are like the movie trailer and case studies are like the feature length film. They give you that whole journey, right? I just, I love that line so much. I love that too. And I don't know if we are inherently nosy as people, <laughs> curious, maybe that's a, maybe that's a bit of, a, but I also think in the online space, there are so many overinflated claims or things that have no context, no nuance, just figures or, you know, this person started their business and the next month they've made 10K or whatever. And I think people are so over that now. People are so aware that that person didn't just start their business. They already had another business and they already had 10,000 followers or something. And then they became a coach and suddenly made that. Like Mm -hmm. they didn't start from scratch. Like I have nothing. And a case study just lets people see like what actually went on. What was the thought process? What was the strategy? How long did it take for things to start to come to fruition? Exactly. Yeah. And I can 100% confirm that people are over. I had a three-day launch and I made $3.4 million. Like it just, it brings up a lot of question marks and it doesn't give us the context, like you said. So I think I must have talked with eight to 10 people. I launched a case study training program last year, late last year. And as I was kind of shopping around the idea and figuring out the messaging for all of this, 
I kept hearing that over and over again. I don't know if I can trust this. I feel like it's not the full story. I don't get the context. I, it's hard for me to believe. So with me writing the case studies or with you or whomever it may be writing the case studies, it gives that full story. It gives all of the details. You get to see exactly like what you said, like what was that pivotal moment where the person was like, I need help. And you're the person that I want to help me. It's, it's really incredible. And it's so much fun to write them. Do you feel like you are like in it with them? Do you find yourself, you're like, even though you know the outcome, like you're rooting for the person. Oh yeah, you are. Cause you're like, mm. it, this is going to happen for you. Like just wait. <laughs> it's good. And not just in a trust the universe way. It's like, no, but in a very it's much gonna like, happen for you because I know it's already happened. <laughs> yeah. And one of the coolest things was I went back to update a case study from last year for one of my clients. The client is a friend. Her client is a friend. So like all of us know each other. And this, the one friend where it was like her case study. She had a six-figure launch last year. We were all behind the scenes celebrating her. Meanwhile, I was like, hey, can I get like a 10-minute interview with you so I, I can go back and update your case study? And it was wonderful because even still, like I feel very invested in these, in these stories and these journeys to the point where I've since interacted with several of the people that I've written case studies about. And I'm like, I feel like I know you. Like genuinely, I know your children's names. I know where you were at when you lost your Instagram account. I, you, I know that you're obsessed with confetti. I like all of these things. <laughs> I know your cat's names. <laughs> and little old me, even though I am an introvert, I have extrovert, extroverty tendencies. And one-on-one, I'm like, I want to go so deep. Can we just be friends and like, you know, cheer each other on and learn things about each other? I would, I would disagree. I would argue that that's an introvert tendency when it's like, oh, okay. can we just be friends and go really deep and have a really deep conversation? <laughs> that is sweet such an introvert thing but you make a good point because we do get kind of emotionally involved with a case study and Mm -hmm. we feel like i think the thing for me is you can see where the problem was like the reason that someone's business may be struggling it could be i i can't even think of how many different things it could be could be all kinds of things but when someone says like they have a small audience or if someone says well I had a fear of marketing or if actually the problem was that they had no time left to take on more clients because they were fully booked. Like all of those things are so different. But if it's just so-and-so's business was struggling and they worked with me and they fixed it, really as interesting as like, well, what was the thing and how did you fix it? Is this possible? Yeah, and it is. And going back to what you said about like, are we curious or nosy? We're we're humans. We are we are sucked in by stories. We want to know what's going on. We want the context. We want to know the journey. We're cheering for the hero. We're rooting for them. And the magic of case studies is that the way I envision them, at least, and the way I've actually heard that they play out is the reader goes to the page. They're reading the story. They're not only getting to see you, the business owner, the coach, the whatever, as the guide and bonding with you that way and developing that no like trust factor much faster. They're also bonding with and seeing themselves in that main character, that case study E, that featured person, they're seeing themselves in that desk chair. They're seeing themselves on that vacation losing the TikTok account. They're seeing them getting sick the week that they launched. They're seeing them have this visceral fear of speaking on a podcast or something. They are with you. They are identifying with certain things. And then by the end of it, the hope is, and not in a manipulative way, in a very genuine, organic, authentic way. Wow. That's me. I can see myself in that seat and I want to work with you. 
Because they've made that connection Mm -hmm. and it feels like that's the support they need and they see themselves in the person being guided along. Exactly, yeah. They see themselves in the main character. They do, and they want to be that hero. They want to get to that transformation. They do desire that very deeply. I just truly believe as well the depth of the depth of information, but the depth of story, I guess, is what it is. Because, yeah, it's not information like, let's just throw a load of metrics and stats out and completely bore someone. <laughs> but the the depth that you go with, here's the background. Here's where the person was. Here's what happened. Here's what we need to do. Versus just like A to B, yeah. which is what so many testimonials are. And and that's not, that's not poo-pooing testimonials. No. I've got testimonials on my mm-hmm. website. I use them occasionally on Instagram. <laughs> They're short. Mm-hmm. It's limited. You can only you can only share so much. Yeah. And case studies or even like if you are sharing a testimonial on Instagram, you can go in depth in the caption. And if you do have a case study that you can point them to, even better. But at anywhere that you can expand a little bit, bring the bring the reader, bring the viewer in on the story a bit more. It's just gonna make it better. I love that. Yeah. I love this whole conversation. Random as it was, split between two things. Well, not random for you because they're your two things that you that you do. Yeah, I did think, have to figure out how to that... marry them though because it's, you know, I going from massage therapy to then like SEO and case study copywriting. There is a little bit of explanation there. So yeah. <laughs> well, it makes complete sense to me and hopefully just to everyone else listening if they're not still getting their head around the dashes <laughs> and whether my name gets recognized by Google and that, that whole thread. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. We And thank you for your patience. If anyone couldn't tell, we had some internet issues during this. So I'm sure it's been edited together beautifully by the time you listen. So thank you. Thank you for joining yeah. me. And of course, before you go, you're going to get two questions that That's you didn't right. want to know what they I were. Didn't. Yeah. I almost yeah. forgot. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get away with it. Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> Goodbye. Let me click away. <laughs> yeah, no, no. No, we're going to end without the questions. So firstly... Which book would you recommend to any of my audience who are looking to grow and scale their online business? Oh, and I swear on your podcast. Yes. Okay. Because the, the name of the book has a swear word in it. It is amazing. I've already committed to reading it again. It's called You're a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. Freaking love it. It's already changed my life and I'm two thirds of the way through. It's a great book. I have also read it twice and Quite a few people have recommended it for that reason. I was like, yeah. oh, she's going to swear. What's she going to say? I'm going to swear. I know. We've got I'm an E. Shocked. We've got an E for just, okay. just for people recommending this book. No, no. Right. <laughs> right. No, so that's a great book. And then if I had to choose another, I'm just about to start this because my one of my business coaches keeps recommending it and it very much ties into what we talked about. It's called Stories That Stick. Oh, yeah, she's been obsessed. She's been posting quotes. I'm like, I need to read this. This sounds very intriguing, but it ties in beautifully with the case studies. Okay, great. I have not read that one, so I'll be making a note. Thank you. Yes. And lastly, what is the biggest reframe, mindset shift, belief change that you have had to have yourself in order to get where you are today in business? That is a good one and a very deep one. Oh, yeah. We don't do surface level. I love it. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is it's not fake it till you make it, but it's become it until you embody it. And that showed up in two different ways for me. The first was with massage therapy. When I was in school in training, you had two semesters where you would go in and actually practice on paying clients, like real people, and they would give you actual feedback to help make you a better massage therapist. I'll never forget, there was this one guy, he had an inch and a half thick folder. He had been there for a while. He was a regular. And so he knew people, right? 
So he comes in and working on him. But halfway through the session, he's like, so when are you graduating? Because I'm sure you're in your second semester. And I was in my first. And I told him, I was like, you totally just made my day. I am in my first semester. I'll graduate here. And it it was really just touching because I knew that it was important for them, them being my clients, to feel comfortable. So I had to show up confident. I needed to show up like I knew what I was doing, which I did, even if it was like a new and scary situation. The second way that showed up with copywriting was I had an Instagram profile and it was all about massage. And then all of a sudden I wanted to be a copywriter and put my shingle out for that. No one was going to come to me with me trying to straddle the two worlds and be like massage one day and then copywriting the next. I had to go all in. And for me, that was a very, very pivotal moment of changing my Instagram information. Like as goofy as it sounds, that was huge for me. It was very scary. But at the same time, you know, wrapping it into SEO, if I didn't say that this was who I was and who I helped and how, how were they going to find me? They weren't. So yeah, that not faking it till you make it, but like just becoming it until you embody it. Oh, I love that. I love that. I feel like yeah. that could be a quote. I mean, we can make that happen. <laughs> I'll think about it. I might take you off on that. <laughs> Maybe it's the bit that Phil pulls for the audio clip. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we won't know until it comes out. It does a practice. So we'll see. Yeah. But thank you so much. And yeah. again, thank you for your patience with my internet. And everyone go and connect with Brittany all her details are going to be in the show notes so you can click below go and say hello to her thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom yeah thank you so much for having me this is a blast thank you for listening to this episode of the ambitious introvert podcast with me Emma Louise Parks if you enjoy this show please please subscribe rate and leave a review on iTunes as a thank you, one lucky reviewer each month will win a 60-minute one-on-one coaching session with me, where you'll get the clarity and confidence to attract your ideal clients. And if you know someone who could benefit from listening to the show, then please do share and help me reach as many fellow ambitious introverts as possible.